the Holy Spirit. And uh, our activation time this week is Ephesians 1.13. If you want to sit with the Lord in that passage, eat that scripture. I'll probably go for about 30 minutes uh, this morning, just FYI for Kids Church and so forth. And then we'll, we'll move on from here. Oh, we've looked at, here's what we've covered so far on the centrality of Jesus. Jesus' teachings. Well, he taught truth. He taught God as our Father. He taught the Father's kingdom is accessible now. He taught regeneration. You must be born again. He taught obedience from the heart, not just outward conformity, but an inward transformation. And then Jesus came teaching and introducing to us delivering, if you will, to us the Holy Spirit. Jesus came teaching about and delivering to us the Holy Spirit, who I like to affectionately call, Luke eleven twenty, the finger of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is every bit as much God as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God, and He's the very presence of God in you and upon you here in the earth. And I'm talking about Almighty God. He is God and His presence here in this realm. He's been dispatched to execute the Father's will in and through us and for us to take dominion uh, here in the earth. Look what Jesus said in John sixteen 7. I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it's profitable, it's good. It's to your advantage that I leave. Wow. Because if I don't leave the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, strengthener, standby, this is amplified, by the way, will not come to you and into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, look what he says, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send a cloud. I'm going to send smoke or a mist. The Holy Spirit is a divine person the third person of the Godhead. And so that is who Jesus Christ came talking about and then delivering unto us. What we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit is not about tongues. It's not about power. It's not about miracles. I'm, I'm for all those things. I have no problem with them. But what we're, what we're doing under the Lord's direction, specific direction is we want to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. We want you to know, because all, you know, the tongues, the power, all that other stuff comes out of knowing Him. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And what we're asking you and inviting you to do is that you would know God the Holy Spirit just like you know God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. So that's what we've been talking about. The Holy Spirit is a person who loves you. He leads you. He empowers you. He teaches you the truth. He teaches you the truth. Hmm. Let me throw this one up here for you. The Christian life is undeniably identification with and understanding of the things of the Spirit. Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the Spirit. Jesus was empowered for ministry by the Spirit. He cast out devils by the Spirit. The church was birthed in Acts by the Spirit. We're born again by the Spirit. We're changed from glory to glory by the Spirit. We're endued with power from on high by the Spirit. We bear fruit by the Spirit. We worship in Spirit. God Himself is Spirit. So having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is very New Testament, New Covenant of us. And what we've been doing is just purposing like children in a very childlike way to invite the Holy Spirit to introduce Himself to us. I want to know you, the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And our prayer has been, Lord Jesus, I want what you want me to have concerning the Holy Spirit. We are not saying, well, I'll go this far. You can teach me this or you can show me this in regard to the Holy Spirit. But, you know, uh, I'm just not willing to accept everything. You need to desire what Jesus desires you to have regarding this person of the Godhead that he came bringing you. Amen. He taught about the Holy Spirit. I'll even, he executed Everything he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing everybody that was oppressed of the devil. How did Jesus do it? By the Spirit. So this idea that, well, I tell you, I just, it's, it's about control. When we say, well, I only want this much. Only take me this far. Whatever you do, don't knock me down. Whatever you do, don't make me speak in tongues. Whatever you do, don't send me to Africa and make me tree bark. (laughs) Just say, Lord, whatever you want me to have concerning the person of the Holy Spirit, that's what I want. Unfortunately, it's one of the most neglected topics in all of Scripture, the absolute necessity of relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's every bit God, just like the Father and the Son. And many people go to church week after week and never hear anything about knowing the divine person of the Holy Spirit. Super important. The church will never be effectual in this country without a personal relationship and a personal knowing of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me say that? The church will never be effectual in this country. Can, can we admit that, that as a country we're struggling with righteousness, peace, and joy? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I don't see a lot of that in our country. But, you know, I'm so encouraged because yesterday at Prayer Shield, he reminded me, he said, uh, don't look at what the world is doing. There's so much good happening, Steve. I'm doing this. I am building my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. So keep looking at me. Amen. Go ahead and give Him praise. Keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. So therefore, life connected to the Holy Spirit is the missing ingredients to what ails our country. And guess who I'm saying that to? The church. I realize the world needs to get born again. But the church needs to recognize we will not be effectual without a personal working partnership with the Holy Ghost who's the finger of God in this dimension. God Himself working and moving and saving and healing and delivering by the Spirit happens in this realm. He should not be known as the silent member of the Trinity. It's not Father, Son, Holy Bible, people. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we need to know Him, walk with Him. Connect with Him only as we develop intimately in a relationship with the Holy Spirit can we really latch on to the abundant life that Jesus has promised us in John 10.10. The idea that God's primary interest was getting people saved and send them on to heaven has crippled His work in the earth. Should I say it again? The idea that God's primary interest was just saving people and taking them to heaven when they're dead has crippled the work of the Holy Spirit in many people's lives. The Holy Spirit coming was not the end of the work. It was the beginning. 
Even Kyle mentioned last week, and Kyle did a great job last week. Kyle said last week, Jesus saying it is finished didn't mean he was. What was finished was the cross portion where he cleansed us of all sin, made the sacrifice so that, everybody say so that, the Holy Spirit could live inside you. That God could take his finger, which he wrote on stone tablets in the book of Exodus, Ten Commands, His law. He wrote His instruction on stone tablets in the book of Exodus. And yet the finger of God in the new covenant is writing His law on your heart and mind every single day. A heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Isn't that good? That's the same finger of God that wrote the Ten Commandments. And I know we're like, oh my gosh, wow, that God, He's really powerful. Same God takes his finger and is writing in your heart and mind every single day his instruction. The finger of God is the Holy Spirit writing your instructions every day in your heart and mind. Where do you get that? Romans, or sorry, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 through 13 lists the five terms of the new covenant contract. And the first term of the new covenant, God says, I will write my law in their heart and mind. Number two, I'll be their God. They'll be my kids. That's the first two terms of the new covenant. How does he write his law in your heart? The finger of God that wrote on the tablets writes on your heart and mind every day. It's the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God, which is his law, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by who? By the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus said it is finished, he was just getting started because the seed of himself was just about to be multiplied, which is John 12, 24, when Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it'll remain the only one. But if I go into the crown, if I go into that tomb and I die, it'll bring forth grain, 30, 60, and 100 fold. It'll multiply. He had to die and he had to leave because the goal was putting God's spirit inside of you and me so we could execute in partnership God's will in the earth. Well, glory to God. It's not like Christ or even the Apostle Paul didn't talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. You can't know God without the Holy Spirit. You can't know the things of God without the Holy Spirit. You can't live a godly life or a pure life apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't live holy apart from the Holy One. You can't even understand truth without the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. This is New King James. But as it's written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, has ever entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Two of my favorite words, but God. Everybody reads verse 9 and thinks, yep, God, He's out of our league. We'll never know anything. I tell you, we'll just die and go to heaven one day and then it'll all be made clear to us. No, look at verse 10. God has revealed all the mysteries to you by the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit that's in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God that's in him. You can know what your Father is thinking because your Father is in you by the Holy Spirit. You're in Him and He's in you. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might know all the things freely given to us by God. Man, aren't you glad we're not earning anything? It's already yours. 
You're living from Him, from His supply, not for it. Not so He'll give you something. Verse 16, he goes on to say, For who's known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Well, we have the mind of Christ. How? The Holy Spirit. I can know the thoughts of God because I'm one with Christ. Where do you get that? 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. You are one spirit with Christ on the inside. That's so powerful. So now you can see what your father sees. You can know what your father knows. Matter of fact, in verse 14, I didn't, I put it up two weeks ago, but not today. The things of God, the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. That's how we have a country where the statistic is seven out of ten of us claim to be Christian. And yet look at our country. How can that be? Because the things of God and knowing the heart and mind of God are spiritually discerned. Seven out of ten say they're Christian, but only 29% of those say that they're born of the Spirit. Well, what do they have? they got some version of intellectual Christianity. Some form of religious Christianity. Every day in our nation, due to the television, the news, social media, we get to choose if what God says is true or not. We get to choose every day. You think the war is over good and evil in this country? It's not. It's over what man says is good and what God says is good. That's what the war is over. And every day it's in our face. And you get to choose who carries the truth for life on this planet. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1 verse 15. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me. Look at that. So that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. My immediate response wasn't to consult flesh and blood. Why? Because the things of God are spiritually discerned. When Will Shepherd got the word uh, from the Lord at Prayer Shield, he said, Lord, what's with the flags? And then the Holy Spirit gave him the download and said, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's on it. He didn't confer with flesh and blood. He didn't say, well, let me drum up some human reasoning here. Maybe I'll do a study on flags. No, how about you just ask the guy that invented the flag waving? (laughs) The Holy Ghost was orchestrating it. He didn't confer with flesh and blood. He asked his father. That seems like a good idea. Am I right? If you don't, okay, if you want to know something, ask the Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. He's guiding you into all truth. You're in a classroom in your heart 24 hours a day. Do you know how blessed you are that you can ask the author of Scripture 24 hours a day? You can ask Him anything. He'll teach you. He'll guide you into all truth. But what we want to do is, well, let me, let me rationalize this in my mind. I see those flags. I don't like it. <laughs> Moving on. Ask the Lord. <laughs> Let me call your attention to how it pleased the Father to reveal His Son in me. Paul didn't... He's not trying... He's not searching for a Christianity that reveals how hard he's trying. Paul's version of Christianity is that the Father is revealing His Son in Paul. So if you have a Christianity, a version of Christianity that's not revealing a person, the person of Christ, you've been duped. If you've got the Avis Christianity, which is I try hard to be a Christian, you've been duped. 
Ask yourself that question. Do I have a Christianity that reveals a person through me? Because it pleased the Father to reveal His Son in me. Who's doing the revealing? The Father. Now, does He need your consent? Yeah. He does desire your consent. But this is the version of Christianity that lives at Grace Church. We're revealing a person. I could have cried all afternoon after prayer shield yesterday because listening to people, I think there are about 20 of us here on prayer shield, listening to them share, here's what I'm hearing the Lord say. You know, we just take time to worship and pray together. And every one of them's talking about a person. Every one of them's talking about Jesus. Every one of them's talking about this person they know, that they walk with, that they pray to, that they worship on a daily basis, they commune with. A version of Christianity that lives at Grace Church is we're introducing you to a person. His name is Jesus Christ, and He comes to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of Christ Himself. And you know what the beautiful part is? If you're new around here, uh, what we're offering you is not some man's idea. Now listen to me. We're offering you the very heart of God. All that's going on around here is God's heart for human beings. Are you hearing me? Father, help us to see, help us to hear what you're saying. What's being offered is not a church growth plan. It's not a membership drive. It's not some men in a room or women or whoever, a committee came up with some idea that we thought would be good. What's being offered is the very heart of God for humanity. That's intimacy and relationship and knowing of Jesus Christ via the Holy Spirit. It is a person. And that's the type of Christianity we want unveiled, that it's revealing a person. How about John 14, 26? Let's look at that one, New King James. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Wow. And notice He's the Helper. He's not the doer. He's helping you. He's coaching you. He's the coach, not the player. Don't sit around and say, well, I hope you do something, Lord. The divine author is with us all day, every day to teach and interpret what God is saying to us. What a blessing. The divine author is with us all day, every day to teach us. That's why I liked what Will did. Will simply asked the Lord, Lord, what's with the flags? Can you explain this to me? And then he got that download about the standard. Here's another one, John 16, 12 through 14, Amplified. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said, but you're not able to bear them or take them upon you. You can't even grasp them right now. But He, when the Spirit of truth comes, did you see that? You can't get it, but He is coming. The truth-giving Spirit comes. He's going to guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak of his own message or his own authority. He'll tell whatever he hears from the Father. He'll give that message that's been given to him. And then he'll disclose it to you. Is the re- Oh, sorry guys. Let's go ahead, wrong button. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. He will honor and glorify me, Jesus said, because he'll take of, receive of what, of, of what is mine. And then look at this. He's going to reveal it, declare it, disclose it, and transmit it to you. 
Marry this to Romans 8.14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are mature sons. These are the mature sons of God. We have close companionship with the Holy Spirit. Look at this in John 6.27. Jesus said, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures the everlasting life, which is what? Knowing God, John 17.3, which the Son of Man will give you because the Father has set His seal upon Him. The word seal here, you can Bible hub it, you can eat it, you can eat this scripture. Ephesians 1.13 is the one I invited you to eat this week. It means ownership. It means his seal of approval, uh, his seal of authority, and seal of possession. So how did the Father mark Jesus Christ as his own? What was the seal? Great question, right? It is the Spirit. Look at Ephesians 1.13. It interprets it for us. In Him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed. Same Greek word with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is how people can know that you're God's possession. The Holy Spirit in and through your life is how people can know that you belong to Him and that you have His authority and that you have His approval. Now, as born-again Christians, if we're running around chasing approval from everybody else, somebody love me, somebody accept me, somebody, I'm, not, I'm nobody, Larry, unless I get this job. I'm nobody unless I make this amount of money. If you're chasing all that, then you're nullifying the visible evidence that you belong to Him and you're approved by God the Father. The Holy Spirit is, is the seal upon your life. There should be evidence that you say you belong to Him. There should be evidence that says, I am sealed, man. He's not leaving me. I am His. For better or for worse, He loves me. He validates me. He approves me. I'm not chasing that from everybody else. That's why we create debt in our mind. Oh, well, you can't treat me like that. I deserve better than that. You owe me an apology. You're creating debt because you don't know how approved and full and loved in Christ you already are. You don't need anything from them. If it bothers you that much, pray for them that they would get saved. Don't make it all about you. By God, you can't treat me like that. The moment it's criticism and complaining instead of compassion, I know you made it about you. If you're that concerned with how that person treats you, you need to pray for them. You lack nothing. The Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. You live full. You're full of Christ. You are loved. How many of you ever had somebody in your life that didn't give you the love that, that they should have? And you can be honest. They didn't love you properly. About ten of you. Praise God. <laughs> I got good news for you. Do you realize that when that person didn't give you the love that you should have had, and maybe they were even your spouse, so you had high expectations they were going to love you well. When they didn't supply you that love, guess what the good news is? You didn't walk away void of love. You don't walk away lacking for anything. Christ is the love. Now, is it a benefit and a bonus that that they love you well? Yes, it's great. But you don't need it. You're not going to die without it. John 7, 37. Everybody who's hungry and thirsty for love, hey, you're not bad for thirsting for it. Come to me and drink and you'll never lack How many of you know humans are feeble? Humans are fickle. Humans are not perfect. 
So you can't take your umbilical cord and yoke it to a human. Yoke it to Christ. And you'll never lack. And then when somebody runs you smooth over or violates your conscience or whatever, you can pray for them. And just be like, man, I used to do that. I was like that. And then I I met Christ. Amen. That's why we sin. The reason we commit sin is we forget that Christ is our source for love, acceptance, and validation. We go looking for things that we think will satisfy us. But you're too great a creation to be satisfied by anything but the Spirit of the living God. And now, that's not just true about us. It's true about uh, Antifa and (laughs) all the people in the world. Only Christ can satisfy a human being. But that's why we sin as we go try to be satisfied by something. It comes from the lie of lack. Go back to the book of Genesis. They had everything. Two perfect people in a perfect garden in a perfect world and the enemy convinced them God was holding out on them. He does the same thing to you and me. But we're not fooled by His devices anymore. Amen? So what I'm getting at is, so the Holy Spirit has set His seal. That's the Father's approval and ownership, possession and authority of your life. There should be evidence of that. So your connection with Christ, abiding, should produce Christ-like character, ways, the forming of Christ in you, and then Christ-like conduct, works. Abide ways and works. So the Father loves us deeply. We see it in what Christ did for us. Now hear me now. I'm going to wrap up with this. The person of the Holy Spirit is you knowing and experiencing the love of the Father. The person of the Holy Spirit, when you feel God's love, you feel His touch, the Holy Spirit is the finger of God operating in this realm. He came here on assignment. He's never left. That's why we don't sing sing songs that say, Lord, send Him on down, send Him on down. He never left. He's still here. The Holy Spirit is here. He doesn't need to come again. He's here. And He's the finger of God. Get to know Him. It's God's personal touch on your life. And I am talking about Almighty God. Manifesting, just like He did in Christ, manifesting in the Holy Spirit to place His touch and His love upon you so that you can feel Him, experience Him. Now, I'm not saying He's a feeling and I'm not saying He's an emotion. He's a person. But you get touched by God, you're liable to react with a little bit of emotion. Where the church got out of whack was we started trying to cry and moan and wail and use emotion to conjure Him to do something. No, emotions in response to God are awesome. And if you struggle, you know, with... Well, I don't like Brother Steve. He likes to dance. And I tell you, Sylvia, she's going to dance. And what's with the flag people? And Until you've walked where we've walked and you've come out of what we've come out of. If you read Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son, there's a party going on. Amen? There's a party going on. So until you know what somebody's been through, if it bothers you that much, ask them, why are you so excited? <laughs> can you imagine brian in heaven they're going to be like brian can you calm down i mean and yet jesus is praying on earth 
As in heaven. If you don't like joy and passion and love, you're not going to like heaven very much. But man, I'm telling you, when you look at the parable of the prodigal son, there are people, those, there, there are two types. The older brother, he's been in church his whole life. He's pretty legalistic. Remember he said, you know, I've served you all these years. You didn't even give me anything. That's a whole other sermon. But then the, the prodigal, those two wouldn't even come to terms with each other. The father had to wrangle everybody in. One of the morals of that story is there's room enough in the Father's house for all of us. And if, you're, if your highest form of worship is you're quiet and you're still, and man, the Holy Spirit just rests in you and upon you in that, and that's how you connect, man, we bless you in that. But if there's somebody that's come out of some stuff and they, they express joy because the finger of God has touched their heart again, or just like Leslie, I'm proud of Leslie for holding it together. The Lord healed her 10-year-old boy of day-to-day migraine headaches. Remember when she said, I had so much to, I have so much to praise. So there's room enough in the Father's house for all expressions of what? Of love and reverence for God. Well, that's a good word. That was all free of charge. Um, the Holy Spirit executes truth in and upon you so that you're, li- hear me now, so you're living off the reality of God, not the theology of God. What a blessing. God could be any way He wanted to be, but He's given you a personal presence of Himself so that what you hear and read in Scripture is now executed and you live off the reality that you're loved. How do you know you're loved? I just know it. I feel it. I've got an inner witness called the Holy Spirit inside of me. I know that I know. I feel the touch of God. I am not dead. I am alive. What a blessing. God has visited you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus, all four Gospels and then Acts chapter 1, all say this. John baptized with water under repentance, but Jesus Christ's baptism is the Holy Ghost and fire. He came to bring the finger of God, the fire of God upon you and in you so that you could know He's real. We don't want you walking out of here living off the theology. What a great message. I heard that God loves me today. God doesn't tell you He loves you so you live off the theology of it. He tells you He loves you so you live off the reality of it. And how you live off the reality of it is you open your heart to the Spirit executing love on the inside of you. Somebody give Him praise for that. That's so good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That is so good. So the Spirit and finger of God are used interchangeably. It's the Spirit of God in Matthew 12, 28. It's the finger of God Jesus uses in Luke eleven twenty. 20. Now, last thing I'm going to say, the writing on your heart with the finger of God isn't external. It's internal now. It's internal truth written on your heart and mind by the Holy Spirit every day. Not one time on a tablet. Not one time writing, but every day He's writing on your heart. Romans 8, 9, you're no longer controlled by the sinful nature. You're now controlled by the Spirit, the finger of God. He is writing in you, your heart and mind, every single day. I'm going to say it again. Romans 8, 9, you're no longer controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit of God. That's New Living Translation. So just like the finger of Almighty God wrote His law on stone tablets in Exodus, He's writing His love for God, love for people on your heart and mind every day if you'll just participate. And that's Hebrews chapter 8. Last thing, as a born-again Christian, I need, you need, the finger of God writing His daily instructions in your heart and mind. Otherwise, we'll start falling for all the idiocy that the world is putting out. 
right? We'll start thinking, oh, well, that makes sense. I guess I see why they accept that. And listen, love, love the sinner, right? Hate the sin. We're not enemies with anybody, and we don't war with flesh and blood. That'll preach. Everybody you encounter the rest of today and tomorrow and for, from here on out is somebody for whom Jesus died. Don't ever forget that. But with that, can we discern the times and can we be on the side of God's truth, not man's reasoning? Okay, stand with me. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, we've had a good day today, haven't we? Good day today.